Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am well pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. Thus says the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with its crops, who gives breath to its people and spirit to those who walk on it, I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon, those who live in darkness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. When evildoers come at me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies themselves stumble and fall. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war be waged upon me, even then will I trust. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served, while Lazarus was one of those reclining at table with him. Mary took a liter of costly perfumed oil made from genuine aromatic nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then Judas the Iscariot, one of his disciples, and the one who would betray him, said, Why was this oil not sold for three hundred days' wages and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and held the money bag and used to steal the contributions. So Jesus said, Leave her alone. Let her keep this for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews find out that he was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. 
And the chief priests plotted to kill Lazarus too, because many of the Jews were turning away and believing in Jesus because of him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, friends, we continue our Holy Week journey. And this line of Jesus about having always the poor with you, but not always me, reminds us that the events of these days, the culmination of the church's liturgical year, are not simply about deeds of kindness done from one human being to another. There is the vertical dimension, the reality of our relationship with God that is being accomplished. So when the prophet Isaiah says you will be securing the victory of justice, that doesn't only talk about the relationships between human beings. It's talking primarily about the relationship we have with God and making that right, making that relationship right, healing the enmity, overcoming the gap between us and our Creator, bringing us back into His life that we lost through sin, bringing us back into His life that conquers even death, which is a result of sin, Justice, he will bring forth justice to the nations. Relationships will be made right. We will be right again with God. And we proclaimed this at Christmas when we sing God and sinners reconciled. Christmas is for Easter. Jesus had to take on a body and soul so that he could freely offer that body and soul on the cross. It's one great mystery of God coming down to take our humanity and bringing it back up again through the crucible of his passion and death and into the glory of the resurrection. This is the justice for the nations that Isaiah is talking about. He's talking about it in the servant songs. These are four passages. Today is the first song of the servant of the Lord taken from Isaiah 42. In the next two days, we will hear the second, taken from Isaiah 49, the third, taken from Isaiah 50, and then on Good Friday, we will hear the fourth of the servant songs, taken from Isaiah 52 into 53. And these are prophecies that point to Christ, obviously. The scripture identifies many servants of the Lord, but in this case, in Isaiah's uh, passages between 42 and 53 of his prophecy, he is identifying that servant as one who is mocked and ridiculed and, and, and scourged and gives his life as a ransom for many. And by his wounds we are healed. This is where these famous passages come from. And the disciples right away recognize this as being fulfilled in Jesus. The servant song that we heard today about Jesus not breaking the bruised reed, he's, he's gentle, uh, is, is, is referred to in Matthew's Gospel. In chapter 12, after Jesus heals a lot of people, he says to them, don't tell people about me yet. And of course, the reason there was he had to teach people that, again, he was not here for just some kind of social service. You know, or they would want to, as we saw when he multiplied the bread, they want to make him an earthly king. 
No, no, no. It's about the vertical dimension. The poor you will always have with you. Me you will not always have. Jesus is trying to help people understand precisely that he's a suffering servant, not an earthly king, a suffering servant whose death and resurrection, that's what brings us the healing and the life. His healings of people of their diseases were a sign, a pointer towards that deeper healing found in relationship with him. And so Matthew says, well, this is the fulfillment of this Isaiah 42 passage. Not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. In other words, let me do my work of teaching people what kind of Messiah I am. And then once I suffer and die and rise again, then it will be proclaimed loudly throughout the world, as we know from the Great Commission. Jesus is the head of the church. So when Isaiah says here he will be a light to the nations, that is referring to him not only as an individual, as the Savior, that is referring to him in his role as head of the church. You know, when the Second Vatican Council, which wrote 16 very important documents, wrote the main document about the church, the name of the document is taken from this passage of Isaiah, Lumen Gentium in Latin, Light of the Nations. Because Jesus, in his suffering and death and resurrection, these great events that we're preparing this very week to celebrate, is a light in the sense that he's showing people God's love for us, He's showing people what he thinks of human life. He's showing people the way to salvation. The, he's showing people the heart of the Father. He's showing people the meaning of love and the meaning of life. He's rescuing us from the darkness of sin. He's a light to the nations, and therefore his church, his body, we who are incorporated into his death and resurrection, we together are a light to the nations. And one of the most important aspects of that light is the light shining on human life and helping people understand the dignity of human life. It is not a product. It is not a thing. It is not disposable. It is not to be crushed by the instruments of abortionists. It is not subject to choice. Life is infinitely value and must be valuable and must be respected as such. This is a part of the light that we are given in our minds, in our hearts, in our society, in our laws, in our politics, in our policies, in our court decisions. The light of the nations shines light on who God the Father is and who we, his creatures, are. The Second Vatican Council said, when we lose sight of the Creator, the creature becomes unintelligible. We can't understand who people are anymore. Men, women, babies, marriage, family. We can't recognize it anymore. When you lose sight of the Creator, the creature becomes unintelligible. I formed you and set you as a light for the nations to open the eyes of the blind to bring prisoners out from confinement. That's what the events of this week do. Because we are, without the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ, we are prisoners to sin and death. We walk in darkness. 
But thanks to the events of this week, he has transferred us from that kingdom of darkness into his glorious light. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May we worthily celebrate the events of this week as again we proclaim you to be the only Savior of the world. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.